Welcome to the Straight Talk Podcast. My name is Tim Adams. I'm your host. Over the years, I have noticed a distinct need for pastors and ministry leaders to have a place to discuss the issues and the struggles that they deal with on sometimes a daily basis. And that is what this podcast is all about. Over the ensuing episodes, we'll be talking about things like master planning, stewardship, and all of its aspects, balance, mental health, all of that stuff. But right now, I simply want to open in prayer to ask God's blessing over not only this podcast series, but specifically this episode, because today we're talking about master planning. So join me in prayer. Father, you know the difficulties, the struggles, the obstacles, and the pain that your servants, pastors and ministers and ministry leaders, deal with so often. These are going to be sometimes touchy and sensitive subjects, but we ask that you bless not only this podcast, but the guests that may come on to it and the topics And we ask that you lead, you send your Holy Spirit to help us focus on what it is that you need to have us focus on, and that ultimately you are the one that are touching, that is touching the hearts, the minds, and the spirits of those that are listening. We thank you and ask all of your rich blessings on all those listening. Amen. So today's episode is going to be part one of a discussion centered around master planning. Now, master planning is a large and sometimes complex subject. However, we can somewhat break it down into a series of questions that you can use in order to take a very complicated and sometimes intricate thing and get kind of a jump start on it, if you will. So... Usually where I start is to ask the question, where are you right now and where do you want to be? Because if you don't know where you're going and you don't know where you want to end up, then how are we supposed to chart a path from where you are now to where you want to be? I know that might seem basic, but you got to start somewhere. And when you're tackling something that can include everything from changing your physical plant to changing your online presence. Sometimes maybe you're going to go through a leadership change. Maybe you're going to be going through a different nominating committee uh, series, or maybe you're changing physical locations. You know, Um, maybe you're doing a series of upgrades. You know, maybe you need a new roof, a new boiler, new carpet, new upholstery, new lighting, new tech all around. Maybe you're adding security cameras and beefing up your physical security. Whatever it is, having a master plan ensures that, one, you're not wasting money as you navigate through this pathway, but also that you know how that money is being spent and more or less what the end goal is. This Once we have the idea 
or, or the goal, this is where we want to be, then you can work backwards from that to establish what that pathway is going to look like and then what milestones or waypoints you're going to have along that path so that you can measure your success and your progress. And this is hugely important, especially when we're talking about large projects, large campaigns with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes millions of dollars involved. And those milestones, I think, should be those little markers that say we've, you know, we've established this as a segment that we're going to tackle first, second, third. And then once you accomplish that segment, that's a milestone. That's a success point. And now we can move on to the next one. And this, in this way, you not only begin to gain momentum, but you can also point to the, to the successes that you've had and say, look how far we've come already. You know, because the more complex a master plan is, the, the more important it is to maintain that idea of progress and momentum. So we can further go along this path of questioning to say, who are the stakeholders? Who all is going to be effect affected by these plans, by these goals that we have? Maybe you want to upgrade the sound system. Okay, cool. Awesome. Love doing that. Who might that also impact? Could that impact your Sabbath school rooms, your overflow, your multi-purpose uh, spaces? Maybe you don't have speakers there, and maybe you'd like speakers there. Maybe you'd like a speaker in the kitchen or a TV in the kitchen so that when people are down there preparing food during a service, you know, be it refreshments after a concert or full-blown-on potluck meal, you know, they can keep track of where the service is at so that they can better plan when the food should be ready for people to start partaking. Maybe you want to upgrade and have security cameras. This is a big discussion. Where do you put them? What do you need to cover? How many do you need? How are you going to connect the cameras to the recording system? Is that going to be via a wire? Are you going to trust wireless? Do you want 4K? Do you want 1080p HD? So many questions. And these are all good discussions to have, but you need to identify who those stakeholders are going to be so that you can make sure to include them in any and all discussions as you move forward. For example, let's say you want to redesign the sanctuary. Fantastic. Tech should be a part of that discussion from the very beginning, simply because tech often is left to the very last. And yet they're the ones, by and large, that need to pull the most cables, that need to ensure that there is conduit running to the positions that they need it to run to. They can provide a host of input and feedback that can prove critically important to not only making sure that you stay on budget, but that you're not hitting obstacles and landmines further down the process because they weren't included from the beginning. 
So once you start having these discussions with the stakeholders, a timeline will start to emerge. And that timeline is going to have to include everything that you want to do in that master plan. And this is a lengthy process of discussion after discussion after discussion. It's not just one person saying this is where we're going to go and this is how we're going to do it. No, 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 no. We need to be collaborative. We need to be open and honest with our communication and our anticipated timelines. You know, you need to be realistic. Just because you want it done by this time or you need it done by this time doesn't mean that that's necessarily what's going to happen. You know, we need to be able to compromise and be flexible and work with each other um, and with any contractors that may be part of that discussion as well. And in the hustle and the bustle and amidst all these discussions, it's extremely important that we not lose sight of what the mission is. What is the mission of the church? What is the vision for this project? What is it that all of these changes are going to do? What are they going to allow the church to do that's going to support the vision and the mission moving forward? If you're not focusing on mission, if you're not mission-oriented, then I have to ask the question, is this just ego? Is this pride? Is this just, we want to be the best at this one particular thing because we have to stand out. This is how we're going to stay relevant. I would argue very, very harshly and, and ardently against that line of thinking. What makes us relevant to the communities around us is how we interact with those communities around us. How we take what's preached every weekend from the pulpit and turn that into meaningful and impactful and positive action to the community around us. Some of you have food banks and clothing centers. Some of you may have warming centers during, during the colder months. Some of you have many, many outreach ministries, and that's amazing. Everything that your church does in terms of how it interacts with the community needs to be centered and oriented around this central mission. Now, for some of you, this all might seem very basic. This is something that you have gone through time and time and time again. Maybe you're in the midst of implementing a master plan right now. Maybe you're right in the beginning of a master planning discussion. But it never hurts to reiterate and revisit the idea of what is our mission and what is our vision. Next, I want to ask who's going to oversee this project? Who is the person that is the project champion? The one that is going to manage all of these different pieces? Who's going to be in charge of each aspect of this? You know, remember we talked about those milestones and those segments to reach a milestone. Who's going to be in charge of each segment? Maybe you have somebody inside your church that has experience in project management. Maybe you don't. I would say for those churches that don't, it might be important to invest as part of the master plan 
in finding someone in your church that can actually go and perhaps obtain some training in project management as an investment towards this master plan project to help ensure that not only does it stay on time, but also on or under budget, because it's extremely easy for cost overruns and changes that you don't see coming because your master plan is three, four, five, ten years long. There's no way to predict what's going to happen in the future. And so having somebody who is trained or experienced in managing complex projects such as a master plan project, the implementation of a master plan project could be invaluable. You also want to ask the question, how do we get the church to buy into this, particularly if you have a pastor that is not well versed in what we call vision casting? The idea of putting a vision, painting a picture, if you will, of what the what the church could be doing and what the church will be doing. What does that look like? What stories could you tell to help support this idea of a mission focus? Or, you know, by upgrading the physical plant, you know, we're going to change out the furnace, we're going to upgrade the AC, we're going to put a new roof on, we're going to redo the carpet. If you cannot answer the question as to how each of these things you want to do as part of your master plan supports the mission, you need to go back and answer that question first, so that when that question comes up, you can have a good and valid answer for that. So many churches fail to, well, and so many leaders fail to think through these questions because they get excited for the changes that they want to see. Um, they get egocentric, prideful, controlling, um, dictatorial sometimes in terms of this is how it's going to be. It's my way or the highway, that kind of attitude. And I'll tell you right now, this is the Straight Talk podcast, so I'm going to give it to you raw and straight. There is no room for a leader to have that attitude in a church or a ministry. What that displays is a deeper issue with the heart, and we'll get into things, those kinds of things later in, in future episodes. But you want to be very, very careful and very selective about who you will allow to be in leadership positions, mainly because of the immense damage that can be done when somebody who's not ready to be a leader um, can actually, or is, is put in a position. I know of a situation um, in a church that's very near and dear to my heart where there is a team that has been meeting uh, that has a member on it that is not emotionally capable of being able to uh, exhibit teamwork, flexibility, compromise, um, has very strong opinions um, about the topics that this 
committee and group deals with in uh, in terms of the service and services that they perform to support the church. And it's very concerning to see somebody like that in potentially a leadership position. Um, there's a lot of growth. And hey, I'm not saying that, you know, any of us are perfect. That's not the point. The point is there are some people who are better suited to lead um, because of the place that they're at in their journey versus other people. And being able to identify who is and who is not in a position in their life and their journey where they can lead safely and effectively, uh, being able to identify between and distinguish between those two is very important. The other final thing that we'll talk about in in this first episode is once you have all of these discussions, um, or not once, but once you understand what it is all that you want to do in this master planning cycle, and this isn't something that a church generally goes through once, it'll go through it multiple times. It just may be several, you know, years Um, or a decade or more in between cycles. But as part of this discussion, um, once you have an idea of all that you want to do in this cycle in terms of changes and upgrades and and that kind of thing, being able to understand sequencing. Remember we talked about those milestones and segments. Well, which segment do you do first? I would say you start with the biggest impact changes first. So, for example, if we have a master plan that we want to upgrade all of our tech, audio, video, lighting, live streaming, stage design, display, all of that. Out of those upgrade projects, I would say probably the most impactful most often tends to be lighting and it tends to be display. There are, of course, caveats to that. Um, We have one church that um, needed to upgrade their speaker system. They'd blown their speakers. They had uh, two small powered speakers on speaker stands. So obviously we're gonna do that one first. Um, Not only because it needs to be done first, it's the most pressing, but it also tends, it also happens to be the most impactful because they don't have a proper speaker system now. So obviously if we put one in that is nice installed, it does uh, what it needs to do in coverage and tonality, but also improves the sound that they were accustomed to having, obviously that's gonna carry a huge impact. We have a client who a couple of years ago uh, decided they got a new pastor And the pastor had a big vision. He wanted from us a a proposal for five phases of upgrade. And that included um, audio, so new mixers, maybe some new microphones, wireless mics, and a new speaker system. They wanted um, to upgrade their live streaming package. So we got some PTZ cameras. Um, lighting is in there, stage design is in there, and 
Uh, projection. Yeah, we did projection as well. And we had long discussions about which uh, phase, what was going to be in the first phase, what was going to be in the second. And we ended up doing the projection first, then we upgraded the cameras, and huge upgrade in quality online, by the way. We just um, upgraded the mixers. The speaker system is next, and then uh, the stage and the lighting is gonna gonna round us out. But the pastor had a vision, and part of that vision was this concept that churches have a tendency to spend enormous amounts of money over the years to create and maintain a beautiful curb appeal in real life. You know, you drive by the church and it looks nice. But they don't tend to invest the same care and attention and money to their online curb appeal, even though that is a growing segment of the people that they're reaching. So his idea was, let's invest in our online curb appeal, as he calls it, and a lot of that has to do with upgrading the tech. I thought that that was a particularly amazing idea. Um, and it's an interesting concept because he's right. So maybe that gives you something to think about. Uh, maybe this is just all old information for you. But I do want to encourage all of you that if you're going through a rough time as a pastor, as a ministry leader, and you need support. I want you to feel free to reach out to us. Uh, reach out to me. Um, send me an email. Uh, contact information will be uh, attached or on the screen here. We want to help. We're here to help. We don't make any money off of that. Um, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we should be able to support each other and talk to each other in a way that we all grow together and we all further and deepen our faith. So that'll be it for this episode. Um, our next episode will be part two of this discussion where we will continue to talk about important concepts and ideas to help you with uh, master planning so that you can stay under budget, but more importantly, you can further your ability to win souls for the kingdom. Until next time, I'm Tim Adams, and this is the Straight Talk Podcast. <laughs>